Hello, and welcome to Lean Into You, a podcast to remind educators the best investment they can make today is in themselves. We are your hosts, Alex Farrell with Child Care Wages Tennessee, and Wesley Mays with the Tennessee Child Care Resource and Referral Network. And over the next two episodes, we're going to talk about the things that make life worth living during difficult times. Most of the time, we have no control over our surroundings. When difficulty arises, it often becomes too easy to lose ourselves, to lose sight of our goals, our value, or where we fit in the grand scheme of things. Sometimes we just need a little nudge to put everything back in perspective. Our guest today is Dr. Jacqueline Bussey. Jacqueline is an award-winning author, professor, theologian, and public speaker from Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Davidson College, a master's in religious studies from Yale, and a doctorate in theology, ethics, and culture from the University of Virginia. In part one of our discussion, we're going to talk a little bit about setting goals that give us goosebumps. I remembered the goal that had given me goosebumps. And honestly, I'd forgotten it until I, well, I know that sounds crazy, sure. right? Yeah. But you, you kind of lose a little touch, you know, yeah. when you mm-hmm. talk, the world takes some things away and it's not fair. We'll also talk about what it means to be someone's Christmas morning, the importance of opening nature's mail, and finally, how the children in our classroom can often help us bear witness to wonder. Hello, Jacqueline. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I think we'll probably start with, if you can just uh, start by telling a little bit of your backstory, how you got to where you are. Um, You are a college professor, and this is something that uh, a bridge that I think will connect several times on this episode is, yes, you serve a different age population than much of our audience, but there is something that has drawn you to that career of being in a classroom, in front of people, inspiring people holding people's hands through these transitional phases. So if you could talk a little bit about that and um, kind of why you got to, why and how you got to where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. So again, my name is Jacqueline Bussey and I teach at Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota. And I don't think you actually even know this about me, but I actually taught pre-K for a year. No way. Yeah, perfect. I actually have a, a degree in early childhood psychology. We didn't even get a chance. It's to perfect. I know. So that's actually what my college degree is in. But then when I went to grad school, you know, I went in religion and have really enjoyed that journey. And I, and I teach religion now and I accompany my students on their own, own spiritual and, and non-spiritual journeys. And it's incredibly rewarding. Yeah, I, I think that whatever, you know, whoever you're teaching, whether it's um, older college age or or young pre-K students, um, you're to be in that role. You have to understand um, service and giving, and and so I think that that a lot of those same lessons, whether or not you're teaching something that's a little bit more complicated or you know ABCs, you have to understand that you're giving of yourself and that you're serving. I think that's, I think that's right. You know, and I, I like to joke. I always tell people, you know, I feel like the grades that I could teach are kindergarten or college, but it's exactly for the reason that sure. you said, I just want to be around people who are going through identity formation. 
Mm. And I want to be around people who are excited about learning. And actually, both of those ages are super excited about that. So it's a gift to be with them. So one of the reasons we wanted to have you on um, is because you have we, we listened to a lecture, a talk of yours, where you um, the title of that was 10 Things That Make uh, Life Worth Living During, was it difficult times or hard times? Um, so I think we're going to get, and there was so many like really beautiful analogies and really simple things that a lot of times we, when we're pulled in so many different directions, lose touch with. Um, and yeah, we're super excited to have you on to talk about some of those things. Um, of that full list, what uh, what of those things feel the most urgent to you, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, I have quite a few. I looked at it before this to think which ones might be most relevant, you know, um, for people listening today. And I thought, I definitely want to talk about goals that give you goosebumps. So let me just tell you a story. So when I was a little girl, you know, as grownups always do, they would always ask me, what do you want to be when you grown up, grow up? And I would always have my answer, which was actually a word I made up. I would always say, I want to be an authoress because my thinking was, you know, okay, boys are princes, girls are princesses. And so obviously boys are authors and girls are authoresses. But the truth was, you know, that books, when I was a little kid, books were life-saving to me. I adored books and I always dreamed of being able to write a book and be able to give that to someone else. So when I was little, I would make those little books. I think a lot of kids do this, you know, they like draw the pictures, they write the stories. And I definitely did that. And, you know, I did grow up and I became a teacher, which is the job for me. As I was saying, I absolutely love it, but I really lost sight of that goal. And when I was a kid, the thought of becoming an authoress gave me goosebumps, you know, the thought of being a princess, you know, made me gag, but being, you know, being an author was so exciting, but I kind of lost sight of the dream as we often do as we grow up. And then one day I published a book. I was like 32 years old before I ever realized that dream. But I didn't think about it in those terms until I, my book won a prize, the book, um, it's called Laughter of the Oppressed. But anyway, so it won this prize. And then I got sent an invitation by my publisher to a very special dinner that was being held in my honor, you know, and it was like this black and white invitation. And I opened it and it said on it in black letters, it was like, you know, to celebrate our author, Jacqueline mm. Bussey. Mm. Wow. And I got to tell you, like in that moment, I burst into tears, tears of joy, right? Yeah. Because finally... I remembered the dream. I remembered the goal that had given me goosebumps. And honestly, I'd forgotten it until that moment. I know that sounds crazy, sure. right? Yeah. But you, you kind of lose a little touch, you know, yeah. when you mm-hmm. talk, the world takes some things away and it's not fair. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I just want to say to everybody, you know, watching this today, that don't ever let anyone take away the goal that gives you goosebumps. And now is as good a time as any to try to pursue it, you know? And some people, the goal might be small or it might be big, you know? Like I've given this talk a couple of different times, different places on Zoom. And some people have, one. somebody said to me, they said, you know what? I'm inspired by you. My goal is my family's from Puerto Rico. I'm actually going to go to Puerto Rico. They're like, I want to, mm. not now, wow. right? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. It's a goal that gives me a goosebump, right? So it doesn't have to be your job. 
But anyway, just believe in yourself and believe right. that you can fulfill it. Yeah, I, th- I I love this one because I think, and Alex and I were talking about this prior, that to get into education, to be a teacher, um, a lot of times it's not something that you're getting into for the money. You know, you have to have a passion. And really, it's super easy to lose sight of that passion when, you know, like right now, everything's crazy in the world. You know, we're overwhelmed. Um, but to keep that that vision in mind, to, to, to see the passion that got us into this position in the first place, um, is so, so important. And I think, I think too, when you're passionate about your, your spot in life, um, the kids pick up on that too. And what I love about, um, that tenant, if you will, is you're talking about adopting a wider vision to some extent. I mean, it's so easy as Wesley already mentioned, it's, it's so easy to kind of put your head down and take your day or take your life day by day, which to some degree is important sometimes, um, but keeping this overarching goal or vision, whatever that is, it could be buying a car. It could be as you, the example you gave traveling more, you know, working up to one day becoming that assistant director or director of your child care center, keeping that in the back of your head. So even when, you know, the, things are going to happen from day to day, your, your mood, your ability, your energy is going to fluctuate. But as long as the, those fluctuations are continuing forward uh, towards, um, towards something that is bigger than the day-to-day, yeah, you're always going to have this, this, um, just this positive Not going to lose sight of the passion. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah, I love that one so much. What other, what else feels really urgent to you? So I think the second one that I wanted to mention, again, it's just, it's important for the hard times that we're all going through now with the pandemic, et cetera, is, uh, being someone's Christmas morning. So I mm. think that, and, and I'm going to, can I define what I mean by that? Cause that price yeah, sounds yes, definitely, please. definitely. Yeah. Well, this too comes from a story that's from my own life. So, you know, I am married to my best friend. I met him in high school. We didn't get married till much later in life because we were pursuing our education and lived apart, you know, until we were about 30. But I am married to my best friend. You know, we met when we were children and oftentimes, you know, he will wake up in the morning and he's been home a lot because my husband actually did lose his job uh, because of COVID-19. And so, yeah, it's been really hard. And I know a lot of people are in that same situation and, you know, it's tough, right? But one of the advantages is that we had a lot of time together, right? Because I was teaching from right. home. He was at home. And this, this for us is very rare. We travel a lot for our work. And, and now we're not. But a lot of days when we'd wake up, my husband would, would look at me and he would say, you know, you're my Christmas morning. It feels like Christmas morning when I wake up next to you. And I just thought that, that was so beautiful. And just that that fierce love that we have for other people that transcends all of the pain and the circumstances and just knowing that you are that to somebody and a similar uh, story that I'll also share if that's okay is another time my husband and I went on a road trip and you know, road trips are awesome, right? You know, we rented this car and we were going to head across country and we were just like, like a few minutes into the trip and my, my husband wanted to like blast the radio so we could sing and drive and the radio was broken. Oh no. 
I know, on our rental car. Is it, and, is it a road trip if you don't have road trip tunes? Oh, right. And this was like <laughs> back. It's not a road trip, Alex. That's the thing. And this was like back before you had an iPod with you that you could just plug into the car. Like not a thing, you know? Right. And so we were like, my husband was like, oh no. And he was starting to get upset and like mad at the rental company. And I just looked at him and I said, honey, it's okay. You're my music. Oh, man. And I, and I really meant it, though. The thing was, I really meant it. It's now it's kind of become a joke between us. Mm-hmm. But, but, but the truth is, is that he is my music. And so it is something that I wanted to share today because I would be willing to bet that everybody watching or listening to us today is somebody's music. You're somebody's Christmas morning. They're maybe not going to tell you that. A child that you are caregiving for doesn't even know how to say that to you. Right. But I'm going to tell you, you are that to them that, you know, they see your face and that's like Christmas to them. If you right. are that one person in their day who's showing them that they're valued, that they are loved, they're appreciated, you know, you're their music. You can almost turn that into a bit of a meditative practice too, if you will. When you think about if you just, if we all just take 60 seconds, maybe every day or a couple times a week to just take a step back and visualize the people that love us. Yeah. The people that we love as well, fiercely, and just think about and kind of meditate for just a little bit on those relationships. It it starts to put things in perspective. It really does. I love that because you're, you know, you're talking about remembering your inherent value, Mm. I think, and making sure that you surround yourself with people that recognize it as well, you know, and making sure that at the same time, Reminding yourself that you need to be that for them as well. I, I think it's really easy sometimes that when you're busy to lose sight of the value that you have, um, you know, and the value that you provide in people's lives. Even if you're not, you know, in a, a a relationship or something else, knowing that you're serving people, and like Alex said, making that a part of the practice, um, and understanding that while you know we may not. You know, it may be easy to lose sight of our own value that other people don't lose sight of that because we're there helping them every day. So we've had goals that give you goosebumps and then being someone's Christmas morning. Um, what, is a, what is another thing that you, you like to kind of take into your day or a reminder that creates space for, for you to live a better life? Yeah, I have one that I'm just feeling called to to talk about. I didn't plan which ones I'd talk about. I just feel like what I'm called to say. I would say um, what I like to call opening nature's mail. Opening nature's mail. Hmm. What do I mean by this one? Well, I think it's looking around, you know, at nature and thinking, what, what is, what is the universe? What is creation trying to tell me right now? Because I think that there's messages that are there for us. And I I really believe that. And, you know, it's really been driven home to me in this pandemic because I am an author and I'm on the road all the time with speaking engagements all across the country. But now I'm not. And I'm embarrassed to say this, you guys, but I saw things bloom in my front and backyards this year that I have never seen bloom. I saw irises bloom out front and I started laughing because I said to my husband, I said, I never knew that those were purple. I thought they were yellow. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> because I was never here to mm-hmm. see them. I have a conference that I usually speak at at that time every summer. You know, so when I'm talking about 
opening nature's mail. I'm thinking about a time uh, that happened to me recently. Again, like I mentioned, you know, my husband and I have been had, we've had some difficult times, some difficult times during the pandemic, as many people are economically and that sort of thing. Sick family members, all of that. And um, one morning I got up really early because I always believe, you know, the sunrise needs a witness. And I was having a lot of insomnia and I was like, I'm just going to go and, you know, watch the sunrise. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know, does the sun have any messages for me today? <laughs> and I'm a writer, you know, so things come to me that I think are come from bigger than myself. And the message that came to me from the sun was, hey, you know what, Jacqueline, if I can get up out of bed and fight the storms and the smog for one more day, then so can you. And so, and it was a very powerful moment for me because I felt that it was true. And it just got me like thinking about, you know, just the, just the beauty that's all around us, even when times are hard. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, I love orchids. I don't know if, if you guys like orchids, but I love orchids. And you're, I started- you're talking to a, uh, um, would you call yourself an amateur? Um, I have way too many houseplants. So many houses. <laughs> so many. Okay, so you understand what yeah. I'm about to say. So mm-hmm. I absolutely, I just think plants are fascinating. And I once went to the uh, orchid uh, gardens of Singapore, and I'm know, so jealous. And, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was like it was like heaven. You know, I'm walking around and it's like so much stunning beauty. It was absolutely amazing. But that's where I learned that there are thirty thousand different species of orchids that's just orchids right and there's yeah. four hundred thousand flowering plants in the world um and each one of those oh, is like tens of thousands of species mm. and you're just like this is so amazing like what is this saying you know to us mm-hmm. and, and i think it's saying you know that the that the world um Creation embraces difference. Creation embraces diversity. Right. Creation thinks sameness is boring. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and not, you know, and difference isn't threatening. Difference is beauty. So I, I felt like, ah, there's really something to that that felt like a message for me. And then um, the last thing I'll just say about that is there's a, um, oh, the other thing that I had learned was that there's a hundred trillion, a hundred trillion with a T, neural connections in the human brain, oh, and that man. is a thousand, yeah, a, a, yeah, trillion, and that is a thousand times more than there are stars in the gallery, in in the galaxy, excuse me, and that's just inside of you, like that's just inside of Crazy. each one of us, right? Like yeah. so, you're a miracle. Like we just have to remember you are a miracle we have to say to ourselves i am a miracle you know yeah and it reminds me of one of my i'll end with this so that's one of my favorite quotes from the poet Rumi. if you've ever read him he's so inspiring and he has this saying he's like you are not a drop in the ocean you are the entire ocean in one drop come on Rumi. come <laughs> on it's beautiful come on. that's so good especially when we start talking about um the enormous complexity of humans and comparing it to space stuff. I'm always on board. (laughs) I could read that stuff for forever. Yeah. I I love that idea because, you know, a lot of times I go out into nature. The reason why I love nature so much um, and the reason why I love plants so much, I grew up in the middle of the woods um, and it, and it takes me, it, 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 when I'm stressed and I go out, I feel at home and I feel like there's this sense of scale. Um, you know, I, 
recognize that I'm a part of this huge, um, like amazing dance, right? Yeah, that's really great. And I think that actually is, I don't know if you were planning on talking about this, but this is one of my favorite out of that list. And it is a, it's a great segue, which is bearing witness to wonder. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a really good segue into, into that one. So I do think during these kinds of days, we need to bear witness to wonder. And so here, just thinking about, you know, the words that we use. So we say that something is wonderful. And what does that mean? You know, it means that it's filled with wonder. But as we grow up, we lose a lot of our sense of wonder. And I think that's really sad. You know, I remember myself as a kid and all the things that were, to me, just infinitely fascinating, right? Right. In particular, I adored inchworms. And the way the inchworms would just like fall down out of the sky, like on that silky thread, you know, and I would just like spend hours like playing with them, letting them walk on my hand, you know, but as you grow up, uh, we lose a lot of that sense of wonder, but we can't, we, we have to, we have to sustain it because it does make our life wonderful. I really believe that. And so uh, something that happened to me recently was during the pandemic, again, my husband and I homebound, you know, you could tell there's a theme to my stories today, <laughs> uh, but you know, what, what can you do? But there was this one day we were having a rough, rough morning and I live in Fargo, North Dakota. I don't think I said that. And in Fargo, North Dakota, we actually have what is known as a dragonfly season. So I live near a river and, you know, dragonflies come out of water, the bodies of water, and then they're born. And so they just invade um, in, in the most precious way, our entire city. And so my indigenous friends, you know, they, my native friends, they're like, this is the dragonfly season. And they taught me to be so appreciative of that season because it lasts for about two weeks. And this one day, my husband and I got up, it was kind of a rough day. And we uh, hadn't even had breakfast yet. And I saw that about a hundred dragonflies had decided that their playground was my front yard. And so I said to my husband, oh my gosh, grab the, grab your cup of coffee. We're going out to the front yard and we're just going to watch the dragonflies. And oh my gosh, we did. And we watched them and we watched them and we sipped in total silence and we sipped our coffee and they were dancing and in the, in the sunlight and they were hunting and we watched them for like 90 minutes. And it may sound silly, but when I look back on that, I'm like, that will be one of my favorite memories of that entire quarantine period is that we got to watch the dragonflies dance. That's beautiful. Yeah. There's, I've got a million things in response to that, actually, but um, I'll narrow it down to three. Um, (laughs) The first thing is a lot of times it's easier said than done, right? Um, A lot of times we can get caught in the, you know, sometimes the the routine or the mundaneness. Sometimes life can feel mundane. What I love about that is you didn't plan that, did you? It just happened. You don't necessarily have to to manifest your own awe and and wonder. A lot of times, kind of nature and creation and uh, does that for us. Um, and so that's one thing. So I think a lot of people, are, when they think about self care, is for a lot of people, 
they know that there are certain habits we can fall into that are going to make us healthier or make us more balanced. But a lot of times people end up just not doing them for X, Y, Z reason, whatever it is, because a lot of times self-care implementing a a self-care routine can feel like a chore. And for people that are already busy, that's just one extra thing to add to the list. Right. So I, I, that's what I love that about that, that particular anecdote is, um, you were going to get lost in a sea of dragonflies, regardless what you did, whether you took time to go out and say like, specifically, Hey hun, we're going to go check out the dragonflies. They were going to be around you, whether you notice them or not. And so that opportunity is there for, for all of us. The second thing was, um, I love the part of that where you took 90 minutes. So once you like, once you recognize that that moment existed, you gave yourself a little bit of time and space to dwell in it and to just marinate in your own awe and wonder Um, and I love that. And I think that's super important. And then the last thing is early childhood educators, educators in general, but especially early childhood educators are in a privileged position in this regard, because when you're talking about, you know, we have this wonder and awe naturally when we're children and then somehow we grow out of it for whatever reason. And then we have to rediscover that in some way. Early childhood educators on a daily basis have 15 to 20 reminders of what it's like to have childlike wonder and awe. And so if you ever, if you're an educator listening to this, like if you ever feel like you're losing touch with that, maybe the first step is to just observe the children in your classroom. Mm -hmm. Just watch them play on the playground, watch them engage with one another, watch how blown they are when they see an anthill or see a butterfly or a dragonfly and rest in that moment for a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, let that inspire you and let that be a constant reminder that, you know, the, there's always going to be, you know, the mechanics of doing the job and and things can be feel monotonous, but there are all, there are these moments permeating the everyday that are just waiting for us to be discovered, um, to give us their attention or for us to give it uh, our attention and then to just let that inspire you. And I love that so much. That is three of the million things I wanted to say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a good example of where we have to let children teach us. They know all about wonder. They know all about it. Just watch them and let them be the teacher. Yeah. I love that so much. Because, I mean, it's just so easy to forget and so easy to kind of be blinded by the um, the day-to-day stuff. And it's... I mean, you can't you can't say it enough. You can't repeat it enough. Um, with you know, it just kind of for me, it just sinks in deeper and deeper with, with each one. Thank you all so much for tuning in to part one of our conversation with Dr. Jacqueline Bussey. Join us next week as we continue our conversation about the things that make life worth living during difficult times. This podcast is funded through a grant with the Tennessee Department of Human Services and Signal Centers. Signal Centers is a nonprofit in Chattanooga, Tennessee, whose mission is to strengthen children, adults, and families through services focusing on disabilities, early childhood education, and self-sufficiency. If you have a review, a comment, a suggestion for a future episode, please do so on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash TNWages or email us at wages at signalcenters.org. Again, Thank you for listening to the Lean Into You podcast, and we hope you have a great week.